0: to the Don't Be a Crumb Queen podcast. My name is Cher and I'll be your host. I wanted to share some of my story with you so you could have a little history about who I am, what I've lived through, and what I've learned from those experiences. My story starts back in my childhood. Growing up, I was the second oldest out of four girls. I was brought up in the era where children were seen and not heard. And my parents, although they were good people, ruled with an iron hand. It was their way or the highway. So giving your opinion or expressing your feelings really was not welcomed. That was considered talking back by my parents and you would be disciplined. As a child, I learned the safe place was to be quiet, keep my thoughts to myself and do what I was told, silence and compliance. It was my learned method of survival growing up please the people around me. Duly noted. My mother was overweight most of her life and suffered from low self-esteem. It was so hard for me to watch her self-loathing and depth of sadness. My young empathetic heart ached for her because she couldn't see her beauty the way I did. My focus became trying to cheer her up. I just wanted her to be happy. So I became her personal cheerleader, taking it upon myself to make her laugh and And that was my reward. I was a rescuer in the making. It wouldn't be until later in life that I would see the connection between the impact of my childhood and how it affected my perception in relationships. While I believe we are all born with certain personality traits, learned behaviors are certainly influenced by the environment we grew up in. If we're not aware of these learned behaviors, which are usually not healthy because they're coping mechanisms, we bring them forward into our relationships. So it was with me. When I met my ex, I was stepping into that old familiar territory. Although he presented himself as a rough, rugged, macho kind of a guy, I saw through the smoke screen. He, too, had low self-esteem issues and unhealed emotional childhood trauma. Although I was very aware of his, quote, difficult behavior, and I saw certain red flags while dating, I chose to ignore them. I was attracted to the challenge, and the rescuer in me was hooked on the potential I saw in him, not who he was, but who he could be, if only. I knew how to operate in that type of relationship. In my younger years, I had built the skill set with my mother. It's easy to justify or excuse away behaviors that you know are not healthy. We all do it. We accept less than we deserve in the name of love or because we think having someone is better than having no one. We disregard that feeling in our gut that says This isn't good for you. You know, they're not treating you well. They are using you. We know it, but we quiet that voice and proceed anyhow. And there's the learning. After two years of dating my ex, we got married. I was 23. His behavior did not change, but I continued to believe that I was one person in all of the world who could love away his wounds and heal his heart. While it was a romantic idea, it was very unrealistic. I was wrong. The prison walls he had encased around his heart were just too deep to penetrate. Although I wanted to see him overcome his demons and become the man I knew he had the potential to be, the problem was he didn't want to change. He learned how to survive in his world the way it was, even if it was a living hell. He had found coping mechanisms to drown out his reality so he didn't have to feel a thing. And as much as I wanted to, I couldn't save him. No one has that kind of power. We were married not quite a year, and I can remember sitting in our apartment crying my eyes out, wondering why I even got married. I felt like a single person. He was a bona fide workaholic and was hardly ever home. His ego was well-fed in his profession, and he was a superstar. Growing up in his family, success was determined by the salary you made. That's how you were accepted as being somebody. Unfortunately, he chased that demon his whole entire life. The approval he subconsciously sought from his family eluded him. He would never be good enough. That's the lie. He believed. When someone is that broken and living with deep unhealed pain, it's not uncommon for those around them to take the brunt of their rage. They're so filled with self-hate and shame that they see the world through dark eyes. While it's no excuse for any kind of abuse, it did help me to understand that this was more about what he was feeling about himself than it really was about me. Unfortunately, over time, the cruelty always gets worse. I didn't know anything about narcissistic abuse back then. And to be honest, I'm not sure I ever even heard the terminology. What I did know is that my living hell was escalating. I had no healthy boundaries in place his manipulation and control continued to chip away at my soul as I shrived even harder to please him. I was losing myself, and I could feel it. I was being annihilated without him ever laying a hand on me. I didn't even know who I was anymore. I started searching for answers, which ultimately led me to counseling. I needed to understand how I got here, And where I went wrong. Why was this happening to me? I needed clarity. Whether I wanted to admit it or not, I had a part to play in this too. And it was time for me to own my shit. No one likes to look at the unhealthy pieces of themselves, but it's necessary to get to the root of the why. Self-discovery is scary and it's beautiful all at the same time. What you learned growing up will no longer serve you. You have to heal those areas or you're going to bring them into your relationships going forward. And trust me, that is the truth. When you're in an abusive relationship, the first question people always ask is, why did you stay so long? Why didn't you just leave? And while I'll talk about that In further detail in another episode, for me, there were several reasons. It took time for me to untangle myself and get my bearings. I'm a very loyal person, and I didn't take the vow I made before God when I got married lightly. I actually meant it. I'm stubborn to a fault. I'm not a quitter, and I do not give up easily. During that time, I was also struggling in my faith as I was searching for the truth about leaving an abusive relationship. I know what the church said, God hates divorce. But I needed to know what God was saying to me in my situation. What I did learn was that sometimes we valiantly hold on to a characteristic even to the detriment of our own self. I needed to learn a healthy balance with those characteristics. I needed to change my mindset. It wasn't about quitting at all. It was about choosing. I was choosing me, and maybe for the first time ever in my life. Another reason I stayed so long was because of fear. Who? A narcissist's favorite tool. If they can paralyze you with fear, they control you. It is that simple. In the midst of all this, I had a daughter to consider, and this is where you really have to know the beast you're dealing with. There was no doubt in my mind that he would use her as a pawn if I filed for divorce, and I couldn't bear that. Thankfully, he traveled extensively and was hardly ever home, so I really was a single married person and a single mom. Although the truth of his time away eventually came out, I learned to embrace it at that time as a blessing. This was a time for me and my daughter to enjoy our sanctuary of peace. I slowly started to heal, still in the marriage, right in the midst of hell, I was gaining strength. I was slowly taking back my power. Another area that caused fear for me was financial abuse. Now, it's not uncommon for a narcissist to control the finances. Although I was working full-time and making a good salary, my ex frequently made statements about how everything we had was because of him. Translation? You Can't make it without me. You need me. The salaries we made together and the balances in the accounts just didn't add up. I can remember thinking, where the hell is all the money going? And if we're just making it on these two salaries, how the heck am I going to be able to make it on my own? Well, he had successfully instilled fear in me. What I didn't realize during the marriage, but found out during the divorce, was that he had other bank accounts and P.O. boxes, and that's where a decent portion of the money was going. He was living a double life, not uncommon for a narcissist. I knew the relationship had been dead for several years, and I was finally ready to admit it. It wasn't going to be restored. It was time to leave. I filed for divorce at 56, ending 33 years in an abusive marriage. That was five years ago. Divorcing him was hands down the best decision I have ever made for me. I don't regret a thing. When I walk away, it's for forever. No looking back. I had given it my all. When I'm done, I'm done. I had given him more chances than he deserved, and he shit on every single one of them. I severed the tie and finally found freedom. I was no longer going to be a crumb queen. I was very capable of making on my own. As a matter of fact, I'm thriving. Although I wouldn't want to repeat those years, I can honestly say I'm very grateful for them. I wouldn't be the woman I am today had I have not walked through that piece of hell. Sometimes something needs to end to make room for something new to begin. I hope you'll follow me in the next episode where I'll talk in more detail about what is narcissistic abuse. I hope you tune in.